Hello and welcome to South Asia Chat, a podcast brought to you by the Institute of South Asian Studies. I'm your host, Nitya Subramanian, an editor at the Institute. Earlier this month, Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov was in India on a two-day visit followed by a stopover in Pakistan, which underlined the changing nature of bilateral relations between the two countries. What was the significance of this visit and did it in any way reset the relations between India and Russia? To tell us more, we have Mr. Nandan Unikrishnan, a distinguished fellow at the Observer Research Foundation, New Delhi, who specializes in Russia and Eurasia. He has been a career journalist working with the Press Trust of India and did a three-year stint in Moscow as its bureau chief. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Unikrishnan. Thank you for inviting me. Um, the Russian foreign minister was in India recently and where he, where he bluntly pointed out Russia's opposition to the Indo-Pacific. He referred to the term as Asian NATO. What is your assessment of the current state of bilateral relations between India and Russia, a longtime ally of the country? And do you think that India will be able to strike a balance between the Quad and Russia? Well, once again, uh, Nitya, thank you for inviting me to this podcast. I will start by pointing out that uh, A, the Russian expert community, as well as uh, Minister Lavrov, do make the distinction between the Indo-Pacific and the Quad. One is a geographical expanse, the other is a plurilateral body. He borrowed the term Asian NATO from the Chinese. He was very clear that it was not his term. But yes, he did voice opposition, not for the first time. If you remember last year also in Moscow at a think tank interaction, he in fact went uh, even to greater lengths to say that this whole Indo-Pacific was part of uh, US deception plans to inveigle India into a containment of China policy and all. Uh, I would also like to note that a year earlier, when in Delhi, he had said roughly the same thing, but added at that time that India was mature enough to avoid such traps. This time he probably forgot to add that line. But whatever little I know of Moscow, I don't think that they believe that at this stage, India is ready to join any containment of China policy or that India is opting in a serious way to ally itself with the West. They recognize India's need, India's conflict with uh, China. They recognize that 2020 was a watershed year. So they try to play their role in that as much as they can, but uh, they are loath to even attempt to be a mediator. So at best, they will provide a platform. They recognize that their role in India is diminishing and they're making maximum efforts to try and diversify their interactions with India. Whether the second quest part of your question is actually about Indian foreign policy, because it's not about Russia. It's about whether India will be able to navigate between Russia and the Quad. I personally don't see too much of a contradiction between either, uh, between Russia and the Quad, Lavrov's words notwithstanding because the Quad is clearly not directed against Russia. 
right? And Lavrov's uh, sort of, I would say, unbecoming hurry to defend China is par for the course. I mean, that at this point of time, China is their friend as long as they're being pressed by the United States and the West. However, uh, please do note that Mr. Biden has offered, asked uh, Mr. Putin to meet him and talk about the relationship between the two countries. So maybe I, I'm I'm skeptical, but maybe we may see some changes. Um, you know, um, also about the visit, there were uh, there are many theories floating around on why Prime Minister Modi did not meet Lavrov. Do you have any thoughts on that? Was it intentional? I, I, I don't. Uh levitate in those exalted circles. So I don't have a clue and I would not even want to venture speculation on that. It is unusual because Indian protocol uh, for the P5 countries is that a visiting dignitary meets his counterpart and one level above. So let's say it's uh, if the Indian foreign secretary visits Russia, he meets his counterpart and then he meets the foreign minister. So similarly, if something like that, if a deputy uh, foreign minister of Russia comes to India, he gets to meet uh, the foreign secretary and then gets to meet the foreign minister. This has always applied. Uh, why this happened in this manner? Maybe it was just genuinely difficult uh, uh, schedules or maybe it was uh, uh, maybe it was a snub. I mean, this is one of those cases which journalists love because you can print reams of matter with no one out there to deny or confirm. That's so true. Um, Russia has been a major supplier of defense equipment to India. In fact, uh, recently it declined China's interest of not supplying weapons and S-400 missiles to India after the standoff in Eastern Ladakh. But India, as we know, has diversified its defense procurement by looking at France. So do you think this growing India-France defense relationship will impact ties with Russia? I recall Dr. Rajamohan a couple of years ago writing an article in which he was about to predict this kind of a question where he was suggesting that France could replace uh, Russia. Uh, I My personal view is that uh, France has the capacity undoubtedly, and probably today has even the political will. But we have not reached that stage where Russia needs to worry about the French replacing them. Uh, what the Russians are worried about and what they attempt to address is that uh, their market, their market in the Indians arms is, or arms sales to India is diminishing. And uh, they are attempting to diversify the ways in which they keep this sector engaged. So if you notice, even during Lavrov's visit, which I thought was a little unusual, they discussed arms cooperation. And uh, the Russian offer was that, you know, they're willing to relocate more production into India in line with the make in India, Atmanirbar, all these policies. So... Uh, Clearly, they're trying to sort of be one step ahead of whatever the competition is doing. Now, given their long-standing links and the fact that they have done joint productions in India, 
I suspect that they they are not on a bad wicket, but the point is, you know, you these there's so many details, as they say, the devil is in the details. So there is still a lot that needs to be discussed. Um, you just mentioned Atmanirbhar Bharat, and we also heard um, Foreign Minister S. Dr. S. Jayashankar talk about it in the press conference after, where the two ministers were present. Um, so when we talk about economic relations between India and Russia, it is uh, we've been informed that there were discussions on the international north-south transport corridor and the Chennai-Vladivostok eastern maritime corridor. Um, do you see the possibility of strengthening economic ties uh, between the two countries, even though the overall relationship between them have changed? And how would Russia participate in the Atmanirbhar Bharat program? Well, uh, Nitya, one thing is I uh, personally don't think that the relationship has changed. Uh, I think qualitatively it remains the same. We provide each other strategic balance vis-a-vis -vis other great powers. Uh, quantitatively, there are some changes in the sense that, you know, we are buying less arms. There are uh, hiccups in some areas. We have differences uh, just as the churn in the world is uh, going on. We have differences on Afghanistan, this, that, and the other. Uh, regarding the other aspects, can the relationship uh, improve? You know, uh, the fact of the matter is that the Russians could contribute, at least in the defense sector, could decisively contribute to Atmanirbar of Make in India and uh, give us some kind of uh, self-reliance in the uh, arms sector. However, the problem is that, uh, you know, it is we what we need to negotiate, and not only with the Russians, this is something that I think applies to everyone. You know, joint production is easy. Joint production is essentially production technology comes to you. But the capacity that we need to develop is the ability to take this one step ahead and develop these weapons, design them, and then create our own capabilities in that area. So are the Russians uh, willing to help us with that? And uh, whatever I see in the past of all the countries that have so far been involved, of course, the Russians have a head start because they started with us in the 60s. Uh, you, you look at the Brahmos program, uh, I think it's one of the most successful international collaborations. Uh, you can also look at the uh, Russian participation in India's nuclear submarine program. And I'm not referring just to uh, uh, the lease of submarines. I'm talking of their contribution to the program itself. So there are areas in which they are uh, willing to extend their hand and we are more than happy to take that hand. Uh, the question is, how do the two sides expand this, you know, and take it into other areas? And do we want to expand it in all areas with Russia? Or do we want to sort of do something with the Americans, something with the French, something with the Israelis? And how do we want that mix to work? Moving on, um, we also saw Lavrov stopping by at Islamabad, where he was granted a warm reception. Um, there were there also there were talks of defense purchases. 
Given that both Russia and Pakistan share a close relationship with China in the recent years, do you see the three of them emerge as a group against the Quad? He did, of course, mention that Russia and China relations are at the highest in history. Uh, Nitya, I'm going to, you know, I, before I start with that question, I want to just add to the previous question something that I forgot, which you actually asked and I did not uh, refer to. It is the International North-South Corridor. You know, I recognize that uh, it is something of a project that has not caught the imagination in India, at least. Uh, but the point is to look at it as a broader thing. One is the North-South Corridor, of course, goes through a difficult terrain in terms of Iran, where there are sanctions and all kinds of uncertainties. But the fact of the matter is, if the North-South Corridor becomes operational, it is India's alternative to the BRI. I mean, yes, not as extensive as the BRI, but it definitely is an alternative. It is a shorter route to Europe for entire Southeast Asia. So it doesn't have to be imbued with only Indian produce, right? And there will be two-way traffic as a result. And given what happened in Suez uh, recently, I think there is now uh, appetite to find alternative ways and not get caught in that kind of, you know, inadvertent blockade at uh, Suez. So therefore, I think the North-South Corridor has potential, but it also requires a certain amount of strategic imagination. So let us see what happens. Coming back to uh, he's visiting uh, Pakistan. Ah, you know, this is a difficult question for the simple reason that uh, I'm privy to the other side of it. And you know, this visit originally was not meant for India. It was actually meant only to be to Islamabad from the Russian side. And they were planning two separate visits. But it is for some mysterious reason, the Russian embassy here that prevailed upon Moscow to combine the visits. And therefore, he actually made it first to India and then to Islamabad. So that is the logistics of it. Uh, it is also a reflection, in a sense, on the lack of a seasoned uh, senior uh, India hand in the Russian uh, policymaking setup, you know, after the death of Ambassador Kadakin, retirement of Ambassador Trubnikov, there is practically no one there in the higher levels. And someone to advise the Russians that a dual visit of this kind would go down very, very badly in the public perception. Uh, unfortunate. That is one. Second is, I do not think that uh, there is any attempt at hyphenation, you know, of uh, building some kind of hyphenation between India and Pakistan. Uh, I also think that India wasn't worried about it because it was not an issue that figured in the talks uh, between the two uh, foreign ministers. And I definitely agree that the Russians could be more sensitive. The larger issue of is this the beginning of a trilateral sort of axis, uh, the new axis of evil or something like that? I, uh, you know, the point of matter here is very simple. The Russians are very worried about what happens in Afghanistan. They are petrified that instability in Afghanistan 
can spill over into Central Asia and therefore create problems for them by getting into Southern uh, Russia, which is incidentally uh, uh, Islamic in a sense of nature of religion. Now, they're Russians, but you know many of them are uh, Muslims. So they're worried about radicalization if uh, Afghanistan uh, destabilizes. And uh, Afghanistan is not going to be stable after the Americans pull out. So it's uh, this thing. So I personally believe that uh, they are investing in Pakistan because they're hoping that uh, they will be able to talk to the Taliban and create a certain amount of leverage within Kabul. You see, because they discovered that they had no leverage in uh, Kabul or Islamabad. And therefore now they're trying to uh, make up and they believe, and which is a good thing for us, they believe that the Taliban is probably run by Pakistan because that's why they uh, are making these overtures. So therefore, I think we share that view. And I think also that finally, whether we like it or not, it's an objective reality. We will have to cooperate with the Russians and probably the Iranians once uh, the situation in Afghanistan unravels. Yes, now this this nicely uh, uh, this is a nice correction to my next question, which is about the Afghan peace talks. Um, Russia has said that India will eventually be part of the process, but has kept India out of the Moscow meeting. Um, Indian Foreign Minister Dr. S. Shankar also flagged off security concerns on the recent developments in Afghanistan. What do you think India will have to do to get a seat amongst these players who will shape the future of Afghanistan? And how do you think India-Russia differences will shape Taliban's role in future political arrangements in Kabul? Nitya, firstly, I have to start with again, there is a lot of misconception about the meeting of 18th of March in Moscow. The meeting on 18th March was the ninth meeting of the Troika. The Troika is China, US, Russia. Uh, the meeting of 18th March was expanded to include Pakistan. Right? But there were eight meetings before that, which did not take place in Moscow, to which somehow we don't seem to be, we as Indians, uh, don't seem to be reacting and pointing out because we were not included. And I'm getting sort of polemical about this for the simple reason that I clearly understand that India was kept out not because the Russians wanted India out. The Troika has two others who agreed with each other that India should be kept out. Right? The Russians at no point wanted India out of it. So that is point number one. Point number two, uh, India wants to be at the table, yes. And India, I personally believe, should be at the table, given the kind of economic engagement and political interests that we have in Afghanistan. However, the point is that at this stage, we really have very little to bring to the table in terms of determining what will be the final outcome. So at this point, the Americans are interested in getting out and arriving at a deal with Taliban of some kind. India can't contribute to that. India, in fact, is staying away from the table because it does not recognize the Taliban. Right? So you have a situation where India is, I don't like using this word, but seems to be out of sync with all the three, 
the Russians, the Chinese and the uh, Americans. So if India wants to be at that table, let's hope that the American proposal for talks in Turkey, where they have suggested that uh, India should also be part to it, uh, actually take off. Unfortunately, it was recently uh, postponed. And uh, further complication now is that uh, we will again react rather emotively to it, but uh, the Russians probably have a different reason, is that Russian along with Taliban have criticized US plans to withdraw in September rather than on 1st of May. The Russians are doing it because they want to curry favor with Taliban. But I know that we will react to it differently. Thank you so much. One point which I made earlier, whatever all this is taking place right now, at the end of the day, believe me, I, I mean, I believe India, Russia and Iran are going to be the mainstay supporting the progressive and uh, elements in Afghanistan against the Taliban. That's a very interesting point to conclude. Thank you so much, Mr. Unikrishnan, for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me once again. You were listening to South Asia Chat. To learn more about our work, visit us at isas.nus.edu.sg. Do follow us on our Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn handles. Thank you. Thank you.